Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, a midweek service for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed and whole and safe on this evening, and I want to pray God's blessing over you tonight. Can I? May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this evening, for this time, Lord, for your people. Lord, we pray your blessings over each of those who are watching and listening to the sound of my voice on tonight. I pray, Lord, that they be strengthened, that they be encouraged, that the words that go forth, Lord, may they find their mark in their spirit, in their heart, in their open mind. Lord, allow it to, your word to push us and press us towards your destiny on tonight and strengthen and encourage us in the way that you'd have us to go. Lord, I want to say a special prayer over one of our friends who are watching the Wilcox family. Lord, you touch and bless right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you touch your servant Leo right now. Strengthen and encourage him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And be blessed. Pray God's blessings over you and your family. And we hope that you're encouraged tonight and strengthened by what you shall hear in the next few moments. I pray even right now in these moments that you're living with great faith and expectation, knowing that God is in control of everything. We've been sharing for the last, for this past few times that we've been together regarding the our new series, The Relationship Contract the relationship contract. In the previous two Sundays, at first, we discussed the terms. We have to understand the terms of the relationship, our relationship with others, as well as our relationship with God. And then this past week on Sunday, we discussed the offer. We said that there are basic three elements to the contract in law, the offer, the acceptance, and the consideration. And this past Sunday, we talked about the offer, and we want to extend that conversation relative to the offer. What is it really that you're offering to do when you enter a relationship? What is it that you're committing yourself to when you decide to get into a relationship? And we want to discuss a little bit more of that. On Sunday, we came from the scripture there in Luke, and we want to start there this evening as well. We were there in Luke chapter nine and looking at verse 23 and the word of the Lord says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That was the foundational scripture of our text and of our thought relative to the offer. But tonight we wanted to dig a little deeper into that. When I was, what is it that we're expected to do and what God expects us to do? And then even more broadly, what is it that we're offering to do when we get in a relationship? What are we offering to the person that we're trying to form a partnership with? And what do we expect from them? And what are we, are, do they expect from us? It's important to understand the language. That's why we talked about the terms first. What does love mean? What does faithfulness mean? What does committed mean? And then in the offer, what is it exactly that we are prepared to do when engaging in a relationship? When I begin to think of that and someone who may not have had a clear understanding of that in the Bible relative to his the relationship offer from Jesus Christ, I begin to think of the rich young ruler there in Luke chapter 18. If you'll follow me there, Luke chapter 18, and we'll begin around verse 18. 
And the word of the Lord says, and a ruler asked him, speaking of Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. He said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all of all these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. When you begin to look at this text and this particular story, one of the things that comes to my mind is when Jesus makes an offer, when he's offering what is about to what he he desires in a relationship, I look at that and then suddenly I realize that there are levels relative to the offer. And the level that Jesus is speaking about may not be the level that someone is ready to commit to. When he's saying in the first scripture, when we talked about Luke 9 and 23, when he's saying, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, he's talking about a certain level of commitment, denying yourself, denying your pleasures, denying the things that are important to you. And then we talked about uh, take up your cross. We said, brace yourself. That means prepare for storms to rage against you. And then in the end, take up thy cross and follow me. That means a lot. Follow the example of Jesus Christ. Be prepared to suffer as Jesus did. Be prepared for to go in the same manner, in the same path, in the same process that Christ has shown us in showing love for others. Remember, he told us about the path of love. First of all, God showed us what love is by saying he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus deepened what it meant to love. He said, you can't. How can you love God who you have not seen and love not your neighbor who you see daily? Then he goes on further. He says the commitment to which we should love our neighbors. He says you ought to love your neighbors as you love yourself. Jesus is saying, follow me in the path of love. I will show you what love truly is. Similarly, in committing to God and committing to Christ, Christ didn't say, I need you to bear my cross. Notice in the scripture, he says, take up your cross. That means that there is a commitment that is special for you. There is a commitment that is laid out for you. There is something that God has for you to bear that you have to suffer, that you have to struggle with on your own. And I don't know what your cross is, but all of us have our own crosses. We have the, our own things that we have to bear. We have our own things that we have to struggle with. But that's exactly what the scripture says. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, not my cross, but take up his cross daily and follow me. The rich young ruler did not understand the level of commitment that Christ was calling him to. He said in denying yourself, that means you give up the things that are important to you. I think the rich young ruler failed in the very first requirement, the very first portion of the offer that Jesus Christ makes to us.
You have to deny what is important to you. Deny your own priority list and take up God first. Deny anything, deny, deny even the way you feel like life should be enjoyed because you have to enjoy life through the lens of Christ Jesus. You have not lived the fullness of life until you've lived it through Christ Jesus. Jesus has promised you good things if you commit and if you deny yourself. He said, he said, take up thy cross and follow me. But Jesus also said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He's promising us abundant life. But first, we have to commit to the relationship contract. We have to submit ourselves to the offer that Christ made in the terms of his offer. First of all, you have to deny yourself. The rich young ruler was not prepared to deny himself his priorities because obviously his money was a priority that exceeded that of following Jesus Christ. And sometimes we get down on him and it's easy for us to talk about him or denigrate his priorities. But what are our priorities? What is it that we prioritize over following Jesus Christ? What is it that we commit to more than we commit to God? We need to make sure that in, in all that we do, in all that we prepare for, in all, in all of our following of Jesus Christ, that we are fully committed in our priorities. Even those things, not only of what's important to you, but what, what, what do you consider success? How you experience success should be seen through the lens of following Jesus Christ. What you thought success was before you met Christ should be different after you have committed your life to him. It's not the same. You thought success was one thing, but after you have allowed Christ into your heart and committed your ways to him and denied yourself the pleasures, denied your priorities, denied how you even see things, because how you saw things before should be much different after you have allowed Christ to take control of your life. Remember, I told you that when he said, deny yourself and follow me, that's like Christ picking you up on the side of the road. He allows you in the car, but one thing he will not allow you to do is drive. You can get in and you can ride, but you cannot drive. You have to cede control. And that's something that many of us were not prepared to do because ceding control requires faith. There's a certain level of faith that's required before you cede control. The best way that I can think of it to, to give you an example of what it feels like is that that mother, for you mothers out there, when you first have that child and you first have that baby, you hold that baby close to you, you hug it, and you don't trust a lot of people with that newborn baby. You don't trust a lot of people with it because you want to make sure that it's protected. You want to make sure that it is nourished. You want to, it feels fragile in your arms. You don't want anybody dropping your baby. You don't want anybody not feeding your baby. You don't want anybody to allow your baby to cry. You don't want your baby to be disturbed emotionally, eventually. You want to speak soothing tones into your baby's ear. Some of you sing to your babies and you just want to comfort your baby with your arms and you want to hold it close. And maybe as the baby gets older and begins to fend for itself a little bit, maybe it can hold its head up and tell you when it's hungry and when it can cry and it can cry for what it needs. Then later on, maybe you'll let other people take care of your baby. But when you first get it, you don't want, do not want to see control. You want to hold on to that child. 
Similarly, for many of us, because we lack faith, we hold on to control of our lives. We do not want to see control. We want to hold it tight. We want to make sure that it's taken care of, that it's nourished, that it's not disturbed, that it follows the path that we have desired and, and that we have we have put focused on and that we have fixed in our own minds. And even to Christ Jesus, even to our Lord and Savior, some of us are so hold. It's like holding that baby so tight that we do not want to release it. We do not want to give it up. I tell you, it's time to have faith. It's time to step out by faith. It's time to cede control of the baby. It's time to give it over fully to God. You have to trust God. And that's the other issue with the ruler. It's not only that his priorities were mixed up, not only that he prioritized his money over following Christ, but that's where his faith was. His faith was in his money. His faith was not truly in Jesus Christ. Because if his faith were in Christ, that he would have trusted him. That the same comfort that the money gave him in his mind, that Jesus Christ can give me a comfort that exceeds the comfort that can be provided by my money. Let me say that again and speak that to somebody who thinks money is the most important thing in your life. Money is the element that you are missing. That the, the comfort that money can give, Christ can give a greater comfort that exceeds anything that money could ever give you. The whole saint sang the song like this way, all that I need is in Jesus. He satisfies joy. He supplies. My life would be worthless without him, but all things, again, all things in Jesus I find. That was the mindset that Jesus expected out of this young ruler who said, yes, I followed the commandments since I've been a young man. Yes, I follow Christ. Yes, I have lived upright and followed what, what the word has told me up until now. But then Jesus said, OK, you can follow instructions. You can listen. You can follow the word. But that's not enough to follow me. It's not enough to follow me. Because following the word and listening to the word and hearing the word is only preparation for what God is about to call you out into. And I'm telling that to somebody right now because you're in God's word and you're reading the word and that's good and that's well. But I need you to read the word to get an understanding so that when God calls you, you'll understand what he's calling for, what he wants from you, what he desires. Reading the word only should make you in tune with what God's word is saying to you. If you're reading the word, but don't get an understanding and get in tune with God's voice, then what's the purpose of, of reading the word and, and memorizing scripture? It should make you in tune with the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger, they will not heed. He's saying they're so in tune with what my word says, they're so in tune with my voice that when I call them, they will follow me. And I want you to understand that because there are specific words that Christ is trying to speak to you, a rhema word that speaks directly to your situation that you won't find the language of in the Bible, but it's God speaking to you. And the reason you need to read your Bible is so that you know God's voice. So when he calls your name, you're ready to step out by faith. You're ready like Peter. Peter said as he was stood in the ship and Jesus was walking on the water. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, 
bid me to come out into the water. And when Peter stepped out, he didn't step out by experience of anything that he'd seen in the Bible, anything that he'd seen in the word that had been recorded in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible. He wasn't leaning upon the words of Moses. He wasn't leaning upon the words of any of the prophets or Elijah or Elisha, leaning on the word of Jeremiah or any of those prophets. But he was leaning by faith in Jesus Christ as Christ specifically. He didn't quote scripture, but Christ was specifically calling Peter out by faith onto the water. And Peter, because he was in tune with the voice of his savior, he had enough faith to step out on the water. And I'm telling you right now, that's why you need to read God's word. That's why you need to get it in your heart. Not so that you can brag to others and quote scriptures to prove how smart you are. The point is that the word should trigger your faith. It should make you in tune with God so that you have a deeper relationship with him. So you have a deeper understanding of him so that when he calls you to step out of the boat onto the water, you hear his voice, you heed his voice and your faith causes you to step out into situations that your mind tells you you're not prepared for. Step out into situations that your, your flesh is saying, no, you're not ready. But your faith is saying, that's my savior calling me out into the deep, calling me out into the water, calling me up to another level, calling me into a place where I'm not experienced, but I'm not relying upon my experience. I'm not relying upon what I've seen before. I'm not relying upon what I've heard before, but I'm relying upon faith in God. I'm relying on the voice of God that I hear calling me out into a realm that I've never experienced before because he's trying to take me higher to a place that is beyond my experience. And I want to say that to somebody right now because you're in a critical stage in your life. You're in a moment right now where God is calling you to do something greater. God is calling you to do something that challenges your faith. And I want you to understand that all of the word and the experience that you've had before it was there in place for a purpose. It was there to prepare you for this moment. It was there to strengthen your faith. Some of the trials that you go through and you're wondering, Lord, why did I go through them? It serves as a foundation, a reminder that if God brought me through that, then I can trust him to bring me through this. That same God that brought me through my trial, I'm going to trust him to, to step out of the boat, to walk on water, to go to the deep challenge me to do something that I've never experienced before, to go to a level higher than I am. That's, that's beyond my experience. That's beyond my education. And sometimes God does that. He calls you out into the unfamiliar just to test your faith. And some of you, you've prayed for this moment. You said, Lord, help my faith, help my unbelief. Give me more faith. And you know what? You know, when you, you ask for more faith, that's when God challenges you more. This is the voice of God calling you out, out of your own experience, out of your own head, out of your own knowledge, out of the thing that brings you the most comfort. You know, I want you to see it this way. When Jesus told the rich young ruler to give all of his goods to the poor, to sell all of his possessions and give them away, 
You know what he was doing? He was calling them out of the him out of the boat of his wealth. That man had been sailing around the earth and sailing around the world with the confidence of his wealth, with the confidence of his riches. His riches were his boat, was his boat. And Jesus was calling him out of the boat. Give your riches away. I'm calling you out of that boat so that you can trust me and so that you can follow me. Relative to that, I want to ask you this question. What is your boat? What is your boat? What is the thing that you truly have confidence in that you may even trust more than God? Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's your 401k. Maybe it's the place where you're, you're in. Maybe it's your hometown. Maybe it's that place, the thing that, that thing that brings you comfort. Some of us are comforted by other things. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's marijuana. Maybe it's a, a something that brings you comfort, something that you trust even more than God. Whatever that thing is that challenges your full dependence on God, that's your boat. And I want you to know right now, the word of God is calling you. Can you hear the voice of Jesus calling you out of your boat? Whatever is comforting you, Jesus is saying, I need you to come out into the deep. I'm asking you to step out of that boat and stop trusting in carnal things. He said, I need you to trust me a little bit more. So the question that you may have answered is, you may have answered the question, what is your boat? The question now is, are you ready to step out? Are you ready to step out of your boat? We know the answer in this story. The rich young ruler, he, Jesus calls him out of the boat of his riches, out of depending upon his wealth. And it says the young man, he didn't even respond to Jesus. He didn't even say anything. Then he hung his head almost in shame and just slowly walked away. You know why he hung his head in shame? Is because Jesus had a reckoning moment. And at that moment, that man realized, I should trust God more. I should give all my riches away. But you know what? I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. So I'm gonna bow my head and fade away because I trust more in the boat of my riches and my wealth. And it's easy to excruciate this man, but let's be honest. Let me, well, let me speak for myself. I can't speak for you. Jesus called me out before, before I was ready. He was calling me to follow him. He was calling me to have faith in me, him. He was calling me to trust him. And there was a time that he called me and you know what? Being honest, I was not ready. I, I wanted to trust in what I had prioritized. I wanted to trust in my life. I wanted to trust in my own path. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will, he will direct your path. That means put all of your trust in God. Step out of your boat. Don't trust your own understanding, but trust his. 
and allow him to direct the way that you should go. I was there just like that rich young ruler. I wasn't rich. I wasn't depending in my in my wealth. I was just depending upon my own understanding. I was depending upon my own ways. And the first time Jesus called, I'm just being honest, I did not answer the call. I did not step out of the boat. I did not have enough faith to trust God. But I praise God and thanks be to God who gives us another chance, who gives us another opportunity, who allows us to step out on our own pace and gives us time to step out. He gave me time. He gave me another opportunity. He gave me another chance. And even though I wasn't ready at the moment he first called me, God gave me another chance to step out so that I could trust him. And I thank God that he gave me the time and that it was not too late for me to step out of the boat. And I'm challenging someone right now, just because you've been given time, don't waste your time. Life is not promised. You never know when you will breathe your last breath. You have to trust God and know that when he asks you to step out, that it's time to trust him. It's time to give it over to him. You have to be ready to be fully committed to God and trust him when he asks you to step outside the boat. So this rich young ruler, he wasn't ready yet. He, did, he didn't step out at that moment. He didn't step out at that time. And because he didn't, he bowed his head and he walked away. And we, we pray that he got it together. We pray that he was able to get his life together, but the Bible does not record that he did. We pray that that happened before his death, but the Bible only records this portion of the story that we know at that moment he was not ready. And as a result, he had to bow his head and walk away. I hope that you're ready. I hope that you're prepared when God calls you. I hope that you're ready to step out in faith because he's offering salvation to us all. The, off the offer of salvation is there on the table. He's offering it to us right now at this moment. He's making the offer. He made this offer to this young man that he, yes, he had a chance. He had an opportunity. The offer is simple. He said, here it is. He says, said, if anyone, anyone, that means anyone, that's not, that's not, that's not just, that's not just those who have already accepted Christ. That's not just those who are already in church. It doesn't matter if you're in church or not. It doesn't matter if you've been, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how long you or what you've been into. It does not matter where you are right now. I just want you to understand that the voice of the Lord is calling out to you, calling you to step out of the, your boat, step out of your comfort zone, step out of that place that has brought you comfort and start to trust God. Trust in him with all the, the Bible says, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Whatever it is that you're focusing on, whatever it is that you're trusting in, you need to step out of that and trust God. Allow him to give you direction. Allow him to, to guide your path. Allow him to lead you in the way that he would desire you to go. But you have to trust him. But to, you have to commit to him. You have to give your life over to him. You have to be prepared for the call to step out of your comfort zone and to follow him. You have to be ready and willing to do that. This man was not, he was not committed. So part of the offer, we've seen the offer over and over again, deny yourself, deny yourself. Are you ready? 
to deny yourself, deny your own priorities, deny your own understanding, deny your own comfort zone. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Part of us also in terms of getting to the next level in God is we have to forsake what brings us comfort because being having faith means stepping out into uncomfortable places, exercising faith. Let me not say having faith because you can have faith and do nothing, but faith without works is dead. But exercising faith often causes you to step out into uncomfortable situations. So I ask you this question, how comfortable are you now? How comfortable are you where you are? Because the answer to that question may be that you're too comfortable where you are and you're not exercising the faith necessary to get to the next level. Stop waiting on God to elevate you and take you to a higher place. If you're not ready to be uncomfortable, if you're not ready to be inconvenienced, if you're not ready to let go of your own priorities and your own things that bring you comfort and trust fully and completely in God. Allow God to direct your path. When it says allow God to direct your path, that means sometimes you're walking in the dark and you don't know where you're going. It's only your faith that is leading you. It's only your faith that is guiding you. You're walking in the dark and you're having to trust God. Because without trusting God, you cannot get to the place that he has designed especially for you. I want you to understand that, that when he asks you to step out of the boat, God has a destiny already prepared for you. He has a destination already in mind for you. Even Jesus, when he left the disciples, he said, I have to leave. I have to go. I'm going to have to force you to exercise your faith. He said, but I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. I'm leaving you and causing you and forcing you to have faith for a purpose. I'm designing something special for you, but it's gonna force you to trust me. To get there, you're going to have to trust me. I'm leading you to a place that I've designed. Notice in the charge, he says, follow me, follow me. Follow me. That doesn't mean he didn't say, I'm going to show you. Notice this. He says, follow me. He didn't say, I'll give you the directions and let you get there yourself. No. He's saying, follow me. Follow me into that, the unknown. Follow me into that path that has not already been prepared. Follow me into that path that maybe other people do not take. Follow me in a direction that you don't always understand. But trust that if you follow me, I have a design for you. I have a destiny for you. I have a prepared place for you. God said to Jeremiah, said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good, not evil, to bring you a future and a hope to bring you an expected end. To bring you a prepared, to a prepared place. But you have to trust me and you have to follow me. I'm about to let you go, but I want you to think about a few questions that we asked today. First question was, what is your boat? What is it that you trust baby and rely upon maybe a little bit more than God? 
What are your priorities? Is God first, tr- truly first in your life? Are you willing in this offer that God has made? Are you willing to deny yourself? Deny your own path, deny your own priorities, deny your own thinking. Remember the thinking of the separate between us and God. There is a way that seems right unto man, the ends whereof are the ways of death. But on the other side, it says God's ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. That means he's going to lead us into places that we don't always understand. He's going to ask us to do things that we do not see the end of it. So I'm asking, are you ready to deny yourself, deny your own thought process and trust God? Are you ready to commit to stepping out of the boat? May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, in this moment, Lord, we pray that your word has come to challenge our faith. And Lord, I pray that we're ready to make that leap, ready to make that step outside of our boat, outside of the familiar, outside of our own priorities, outside of what we trust, outside of our comfort zone, so that we can go to another dimension and go to another level in you that requires us to trust you even more. Help our unbelief, Lord. Help our hearts, Lord, to follow you. Lord, allow our flesh to die so that our spirit can take control and follow our creator. Follow our God who has prepared a place for us, prepared a destiny for us, prepared a path for us. And allow us to, Lord, trust and read your word so that your word can illuminate that path for us so that we can come become attuned to your voice so that when you call us, we will answer. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you. I pray God's word has touched you on tonight. I pray that it has taken you to another level of faith. I pray that it has caused you to live even with greater expectation. And I pray that you are prepared to answer the call of Jesus Christ when he calls you to step out of the boat by faith. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, Tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.